The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Palm Springs, California, broadcasting out from two wonderful radio stations here in Palm Springs. And, of course, the Law of Attraction Radio Network, where my show is heard all around the world. (laughs) I want to say hi to all my friends listening in Russia and the Ukraine. Oh, I do so appreciate you tuning in, because the more people that understand the principles behind the Law of Attraction will bring about a greater clarity on how we can all get along and how we can all manifest our dreams. And that's important. Many are asking, what the heck is this show about? And I'm happy to tell you that my show and Law of Attraction Radio Network is about letting the world in on a huge, huge secret. That secret is all about your amazing powers that you were born with. Through the study of the brain at Harvard and UCLA and oh, a bunch of other prestigious universities, scientists have discovered that we can create things through the power of our mind. Yes, through the power of our thoughts. And you, my listeners, are beginning to understand that you are the master creator of your life. Whether it's about your love life or your financial status, your health, or simply with the desire to live life in complete joy, you are the one that manifests everything. Contrary to popular belief, the government or your employer does not control your thoughts, nor can they create anything for you. You are the only ones that can think your thoughts, and it's your thoughts that determine your immediate environment. So you want to manifest that perfect dream home? How about that wonderful sexy soulmate uh how about that snazzy sports car or as you lay in the hospital with a major illness did you ever realize that you and your thoughts could actually heal your body and heal it without any drugs it's so true and science today backs this up 100 percent You were all born with this power, every single human being. As a matter of fact, all the animals were born with this power too, and they have become extremely successful at creating their health and well-being. Look at all the pets in the world. You were born with this power, but unfortunately, we were taught to conform to society standards when we attended public schools. How else could a teacher teach a classroom of children if every child colored outside the lines and decided to do their own thing? Well, the teacher would definitely lose control of her students, or so we thought. But in hindsight, we had to conform, which taught us all 
each one of us how to think inside the box and not to discover our personal power to create anything and everything we wanted. As a matter of fact, we were told that we were not powerful. But I'm here to say you are powerful and you can actually create anything you want. So today, society is changing in almost every single way. And people are all crying that they want their power back. But truthfully, they never lost their power. They just didn't realize that they always had it. It's kind of like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, that all they had to do was simply tap their heels together three times and say, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. Truthfully, we can do the exact same thing. We will use different phrases, but basically... What Dorothy did in The Wizard of Oz is exactly what we can do to change our situation and to create something much better. It sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? And scientists have proven this to be absolutely true. Within quantum mechanics, quantum theory, and quantum physics. All the chaos in Europe right now, in South America, Africa, the Middle East, and even in the U.S., people are out there screaming, give us our power back. (laughs) And that's what the show is about, to let you know that the power never left you. If you simply look back through your life, you will recognize that things materialized and you were so surprised. Just go back and look. You will see exactly what we're saying here is the truth. And science backs it up. When people begin to experience their creative power, oh my goodness, everything changes. That person's life changes dramatically. But because that person changed dramatically, they are influencing another person to change dramatically without even communicating. It's called the ripple out effect. So when one person gets happy and fulfilled, guess what happens? It ripples out to people. They don't even have to know them. It ripples out. That's how it works. It's like the pay it forward concept. It really does work. Simply put, every person in the world can experience tremendous personal freedom simply by changing their thoughts. So on this show, we're all about changing your thoughts to a feel-good place so that you can begin to create the beautiful life that you have always dreamed of. And here's something else. Changing your thoughts is not only easy, but it's absolutely free. Matter of fact, you can do it 100, 200, 25,000 times a day. You can flip the switch and change your thoughts. So keep listening to Law of Attraction Talk Radio and you will begin to understand everything you need to create your magical life. So if you go to 
LOARadioNetwork.com and, and just click on my picture. You will be able to listen to nine years worth of shows. You will discover that by giving up the need to focus on what is going wrong and stay determined to see and appreciate what is going right, your life will change and it will change rapidly. Every morning, you will wake up feeling so excited for all the possibilities that will occur. You know, life is supposed to be exciting, not torturous. As a matter of fact, the only way that life can be torturous is to give your power away to someone else by allowing your perception of their words to influence your happiness. Again, it's all about you taking responsibility for your thoughts, your perceptions, and your actions. No one can actually make you feel bad, believe it or not. Their words shouldn't have that much power over you. You know, often women will come to me and say, oh, my husband just said this to me and it made me so angry and I'm just so upset. And I have to slow them down a little bit and bring them back into the center and remind them that their husband wasn't placed on this planet to make you happy. And... The wife wasn't put on this planet to make the husband happy. Happiness is an inside job and you have to take personal responsibility for that. If you're blaming the other person for your thoughts, you are placing the burden outside of you. And believe me, the truth of the matter is there is no one on this planet today that can make you happy. Happiness is an inside job. And once you understand that principle, you can let the others around you be their authentic self because you have released them from the burden of making you happy. That's how you make a loving, wonderful relationship by letting the other person be their own happiness. Do you see what I'm saying? It's really important. Now, if you're looking for hypnosis session that can help you change your outlook immediately in just one session, just call the Palm Springs Healing Center in Palm Springs and set up an appointment with me. I would love to help you change your life at rapid speeds. For those who are not in Palm Springs, I have clients all over the world, would love for you to send an email to staff at LOARadioNetwork.com and we can set up a Skype session immediately and you will get the same results as if you're in my Palm Springs office. Let's get going on creating your magnificent new life. Now, tonight we are talking with Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. about his latest book called The Mastery of Self. Now, you may have heard of his father, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements, which was a huge, huge best-selling book, and who also wrote another book with his son, Don Jose Ruiz, wrote the other bestseller, The Five Agreements. 
now. Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., again another successful author, has written a brand new book called The Mastery of Self, which is still very much a part of his heritage of the Toltec philosophy and teachings of his ancestors. So let's take a fast break and we will be back with the incredible Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. Stay tuned. Did you know that every human uses only a small portion of their powerful mind? Jules Johnson, International Certified Hypnotherapist, wants to introduce you to your powerful mind in order to create your dream life. In as little as one session, Jules guides you into releasing limiting beliefs that keep you from achieving wealth, health, better relationships, and even true love. Schedule a session in Palm Springs or set up a Skype video session for those nationally and internationally. Jules would love to serve as your guide into living your dreams. Go to creativeguidedimagery.com or call 951-201-2166. That's creativeguidedimagery.com. What if I told you that your blood tells the story of your life? Eastern philosophy talks about the holograms in the ear and the eye and the tongue and the foot. And after 30 years of research, the BeaglesonMethod.com discovered that there are holograms in the blood as well. We all know that Western medicine states that stress is the biggest factor affecting health today. Now this stress can actually be revealed in specific images through a simple drop of blood, allowing you to learn the root cause behind your health issues. TheBeaglesonMethod.com helps you to identify physical, energetic, and even emotional blocks that may have been overlooked in your quest for better health. Check out TheBeaglesonMethod.com and see the incredible pictures of what thousands of clients have already seen in their blood. To find out more on how to get your personalized holographic blood consultation, go to TheBeaglesonMethod.com and be absolutely amazed. That's the B-I-G-E-L-S-E-N Method.com. Well, welcome, Miguel, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am delighted to have you on the show today. Good morning, Jules. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on this show. It's it's a wonderful opportunity, and I hope you're having a great morning. I am. I am, especially now that I'm talking to you. I am a really, really interested in um, finding out more about the mastery of self, and um, especially the Taltic uh, philosophy, because I think it's so fascinating. So let's start there. Okay. Let's talk about the philosophy because it's really about life as a dream. Could you kind of talk about that a little bit more? Sure, of course. Well, the Toltec tradition, uh, the word Toltec is a Nahuatl word that in English means artist. If I, oh. translate, if I translate the phrase, the Toltec art of transformation into 100% English, it would go as the Toltec Sorry, the artist path of transformation. Ah. And we are the artist of our life. 
and life is the canvas by which we create our art. As a society, the Totec existed over 500 years ago. The society ended um, when, with the expansion of either the Aztec Empire or the expansion of the Spanish Empire. But regardless of which one expanded, uh, the Totec ceased to be a culture or a civilization when you lose that center folk, that center town or that center of a culture. So at that moment, it becomes a tradition, a moment its ancestors, its descendants, um, continue that the lessons of the ancestors. So there's communities in Mexico that teach the Totec tradition exactly as it was, as is in the in the 500 years ago. And then there's people and families that teach it in their own unique way that combine the lessons of the ancestors with the experience of life. And that's where we come in. Um, it's an oral tradition that generates from goes from generation to generation. And from that point of view, in regards to that, uh, the point of the question when you said life is a dream, in the Totec tradition, the main function of the mind is to dream, which simply means in the Totec tradition is to perceive and to project. I perceive 360 degrees around me with my eyes, with my ears, with my nerve endings that surround my whole body, that all, all of it goes back to my, my brain, my mind. I am dreaming right now, and at the same time, I am also projecting. I'm right now filling my diaphragm with air, slowly letting that air out through the trachea, through the vocal cords in my throat, to the muscles in my mouth to make sounds in English. And I'm able to project what I'm perceiving in my own mind. I'm dreaming, and I'm dreaming right now, and I'm awake, and I'm also dreaming when I'm asleep. I'm the constant point of perception. So in the Totec tradition, life is a dream because we're constantly perceiving life. We're perceiving light bouncing off matter. We're perceiving life from the sounds, and we're experiencing life from the single point of perception that is me. To, to have awareness is to be able to have a communion with the environment that surrounds me and a communion within myself that is that, that's, that there's no distortion that corrupts my perception. It's I see life as is. So ah. that's 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 the that's in the, and, and the essence of the tradition that we control our dream. That you know the same energy I use to move my arm to move my leg is the same energy I use to create a thought. At the root of every belief I have in my belief system there's a yes that gives that belief life. And the thing about a belief is that it only exists while I say yes to it. As soon as I change it into a no, that belief ceases to exist, which means a belief only exists for as long as I believe in it. Which, ah. So from that point of view, if there's negative beliefs in my own belief system, I have the complete freedom to be able to change that. And you can say that's the thing that we work towards because part of the way we lose that freedom of will, that, that perception, that awareness of the authentic self is that we're so attached to our a belief, a condition that distorts my perception and it doesn't let me see myself just as I am, nor does it allow me to see life as it really is. So that's when the, the dream becomes an illusion because I only see what I want to see as opposed to what life really is. And so you want it to be an illusion so that you can fully grasp and and really start creating. It sounds identical to the philosophy of the law of attraction. Oh, so I think I think it's very similar. You know, we humans, you know, we we put into words 
an aha moment. An aha moment can come just from experience of life, but we will use the words that surround our environment in order for us to understand. You know, if, if we have an experience in South Asia or in the middle of the Mexican tundra or at the, in, the, in, the, in the valleys of Europe or in the highlands of, of North America or South America or Africa, you know, we will use the words and symbols that allows us to understand mm. based on that environment. So that's why you can say that we all cre have that experience that is life, that experience with divinity, that experience with mm. existence, and we use the words that best describe it. And that's the thing. It's like we, we're all talking from the same point of view. You can say that at the root of every beautiful tradition that describes the relationship not only with divinity but within ourselves, Mm. you will find the same elements you know with the the the, the laws of attraction the the the, the sacred scrolls of, of Egypt and and uh, Israel the sacred uh, lessons from the South Asia you know we we are humans experiencing life and we used our very best to express that because in the individual dream that I just described you know my dad would describe it this way if I'm the one who's talking inside my own mind Who's listening? I am. <laughs> the answer is I am. But yeah. if I'm the one who's listening, who's talking? I am. And that's the in, that inner communication, that re, that dream of myself, where I'm in a relationship with myself, mind and body. Since I am not the body and I am not the mind, I am that spirit, soul, intent that gives life to both, which means I'm the whole. Wow. I have that interaction within myself, but when I interact with you, for example, you and I, the main function of your mind is to dream. My main function of my mind is to dream. So when we come together, we create the dream of us. And we, we, will, we will create a language that allows us to understand one another. At this, at this moment, it's English. We use the symbols of, uh, of the English tradition in order to understand. If I start speaking in Espanol, but since you may not know Spanish, you might not understand what I just said, which right. is the same thing. But since we have a desire to not only have communication and understanding, which is part of the bond, I'm also wanting to share how I dream life, and then you share the way you dream life. For example, sharing that, sharing with me that it sounds like the the loss of attraction. Yeah. And so we put it. We put two concepts that are familiar to one another in order to, for us to have a mutual understanding and that's the beauty of dreaming together that to create in the dream of us knowledge is that bridge that we use to understand how the world functions how the universe moves mm. but most importantly how you and i perceive the world and we're able to share through that not only our needs and our experiences but we can get to also share our aha moments the way we feel is the thing that we use when I tell my wife that I I love her and and express to her how I feel about her, and mutually. And then the things that I t teach my children to express my 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 love for them as well. You know, we we use this language, but it's just an instrument because mm -hmm. I can communicate the same thing with a hug. I can uh. I can communicate the same thing with a hand gesture. I can communicate those things with this. <gasps> Wow, look at that. So it's, it's, it's this beautiful thing. So it's, it's a wonderful thing to discover 
that at the center of it all there is a single point of perception that is me that is a part of a whole which is us that I don't live isolated in an ashram I don't live isolated in a monastery I don't live isolated in a hill I live in a community where I con I'm constantly interacting not only with my fellow human beings my brothers and sisters but I'm also a part of an ecosystem as flora and fauna we are connected with our breath so for us this is the dream this is the 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 life we're experiencing and that you can say is the function of uh, or the philosophy of the Totec tradition where the whole point is to enjoy life and enjoying life comes from enjoying what who I am which allows me to enjoy everyone it's, it's like saying this in order for me to learn to say namaste to you Mm -hmm. I first learned to say namaste to myself, to mm -hmm. learn to honor my own son, because when I learn to honor my own son, that allows me to have the complete awareness of what that feels like, what that is, and when I say it to you, you are my equal because you are alive at the same moment as I am alive, and we both have that infinite possibility to go in any direction in life, and we both say yes to interacting at this very moment you you you're you're in, in palm springs i'm i'm in the sacramento area but regardless of the difference in 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 time and space we're able to reach out and connect and that's the beauty of what we do that's that's so brilliant you based your latest book, The Mastery of Self, mm -hmm. on all of this, yes. on the the tradition. So tell us, what what is the mastery of self? Well, sure. It's, it's basically that moment where you become aware of one truth, that I only control to the tips of my own fingers. I do not control beyond them. Like, for example, mm -hmm. I don't control beyond the tip of your fingers you control that i don't i only control my own will the the yes and the no of my own my own capability when i say yes i'm basically making a choice to use the energy the intent the spirit or life whatever tradition has told you that is mm -hmm. that's what i use to manifest something with this body it's incredibly powerful and my no is just as powerful as my yes. Because when I say no, I'm making the choice not to use that energy that animates this body, that gives life to this body, to this mind, to manifest a single thing. So my yes and my no are the instruments by which I create my work of art. So you can say, it's my, free, it's my will. So to have free will is to be able to say yes and no with a complete freedom of life. To say yes when I want to say yes, and I say no when I want to say no. It's It's... I am that infinite possibility that can go in any direction because at this very moment, I am the sum of every choice I have ever made. And at the same time, I'm the youngest I will ever be. And mm -hmm. that is me. So in a personal journey, like wh whether it's a, spirit, a spiritual pr path or going through psych psych uh, working through therapy or going through uh, AA, you know, you, you have a moment of clarity. And in that moment of clarity, you have a choice. If you want to continue, you can go on. But if you want to make a choice to let go, that's when it becomes a pivotal moment in life. You see, a moment of clarity that's followed by action becomes a pivotal moment in life. But a moment of clarity that's without any action is just a thought that passes in the wind. So 
in that in that process we do the work you know in, in aa you can say we we, the, we there's the 12 steps in psychology there's the therapy and the work we do with your therapist in spirituality it's something very similar that like we process and we filter and we clean and we heal our wounds that conditional love has left in our life and we begin to love ourselves unconditionally which to me simply means the willingness to see myself exactly as I am when I'm no longer pretending to be something I am not for the sake of being worthy of love because I am worthy of being loved simply because I am alive and because I am alive to see myself as I really am that is the expression of unconditional love but here's the thing now what that's the thing that with most of the times people who do all this kind of kind of work we get to the point where like now what yeah it, it reminds it reminds me of that uh, that movie the graduate uh-huh. uh, the, the image of dustin hoffman finding out you know what i want to be with elaine and he reaches out and goes to that church and and to stop that wedding he, uh elaine he's screaming at the top of his voice elaine knocking at the window Elaine turns around, looks at him, and then shouts out his name. And they both have a moment of connecting, realizing that they want to be together. And all around them, there's all these people shouting obscenities at him and trying to trying to stop this. And they they two are trying to merge, trying to come down. And there's you know, the Mrs. Robinson's trying to stop Elaine. The Mr. Robinson and the groom are trying to stop the uh, Dustin Hoffman. They both somehow escape. All of them. They barricade the the church they run down the hill they go to that bus stop they load up she, she's in her wedding dress he is in his street attire they both go to the back of the bus and they're both laughing and they're like yeah this is a wonderful moment it's great and then little by little as the bus takes parts and you can see the church disappearing in the background they slowly go into a silence and all of a sudden they're not laughing anymore they're just looking forward once in a while she looks at him or he looks at her but that's the expression of now what? Yeah. And that's exactly. the thing is that we don't live isolated in an ashram. We don't live isolated in a monastery. Both spaces where people come together to facilitate their path or work in, in or live isolated in the hill. We live in this everyday life. We live in our neighborhood, in our city, in our in our in our town, and we're constantly interacting with people. Mm-hmm. How do we stay in our discipline as we engage the people in our life? Well, there was once a teacher who once taught me the key to enlightenment is effort. Well, let me add something to that expression. Discipline is applying that effort and reminding yourself to apply that effort every day. And little by little, it, makes, it allows you to become a master. So here's the thing. In that path that we took and we have that moment of clarity that we have that moment where we begin to let go of conditional love just enough to experience what unconditional love feels like that have that aha moment you say a lot of people work to that they call it a breakthrough in psychology or psychiatry or and also in AA there's a breakthrough moment where you realize wow it's it's I'm I'm me you know, in, in, in the spiritual in the community, it's the same thing. It's that's the moment where I'm at peace with myself. Mm-hmm. But now we apply the same lear- lessons we've learned to heal the wounds that conditional love or domestication, 
a system of reward and punishment by which we model the behavior of an individual has impacted our life and we heal it. Now we turn around and we begin to apply those same lessons to the relationships we have with the people in our life. And not just in the relationships we have, but in our everyday interactions with life itself, with our work, with our passion, with, with these things. So to me, this book, The Mastery of Self, is that reflection, my, 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 my experience with the ability to move on. Like, how do I apply this and stay in my discipline as I engage people who are in different stages of their own process? I engage people every day who are, I, I, who are incredibly attached to their beliefs, and I engage people who are as light as a feather. I use the analogy at the beginning of the book of that of, uh, imagine that you're the only sober person in a party where everyone else is drunk in various degrees of mind you. There are people that you interact with that have been nursing a, bo a bottle of, a glass of wine for several hours, and once in a while they sip it. Then you also have the same conversation. You turn around to the next person, and that person is on their third bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. And every person you interact are somewhere in the middle between uh, being nearly sober, sipping, to blacked out completely. And your interactions with people vary. Sometimes you're talking to someone, and with every drink, there's a different person that comes out. And it comes in comes out, and you're the only sober person. The thing about it is that you at the party because this is where your family is, the people you love, your family members, your co-workers, your beloved. You engage the party because these are the people you know in your life. So what are you going to do? Are you going to engage once again in the drama of the party or are you going to respect yourself enough to continue your discipline? But the reason why we engage it in the first place is because we love that bond. We love those people. So for me, it's, it's that understanding of how do we engage it. Now, of course, the temptation will always be to fall back on that drama. You know, for example, I can easily corrupt the four agreements that my dad's uh, wonderful seminal work. Right. And I can use that to domesticate myself. You know, like I said before, domestication is a system of reward and punishment by which we model the behavior of an individual. If you live up to the expectation, you get a reward. And since we are emotional beings, that reward feels like acceptance, which means that it feels like love. So to go along those lines too, the mastery of self, if to feel comfortable saying yes or no without the emotions, without the attachments, to feel good no matter if you say yes or no. I know today, world, everybody has a problem with saying yes and saying no. Well, it's like they are expecting ramf ramifications. Well, that's the thing. Is, it's, 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 it's to do it without attachments, but emotions are always there. We're, we're not right. robots, you know. How right. easily personal transformation would be if we were robots, the, the, the void of emotions. Mm -hmm. We're not. We, we have emotions, and it's this whole range. And that's part of beauty of being a master yourself. One of the things is to honor your emotions. This is what I'm experiencing. Mm. This is what I'm feeling. And what makes what may cause the, or trigger this emotion may not be real, but I am definitely feeling this. 
you know, and, and that's the thing about when we deal with conditional love, when we domesticate ourselves, we're feel, constantly feeling the pain and the judgment that goes along with the yes. punishment. You know, that's that's the thing about when we don't live up to the expectation, we get the punishment, which feels like rejection, the lack thereof love. Mm-hmm. And we're able to distort things. And, and with that thing is that we have a choice to ex- say yes with a complete freedom of life or say yes because I have to, not because I want to, because I have to live up to expectation in order to be worthy of love. So, you know, for example, the telltale sign that you're domesticating yourself with the four agreements is if you've ever judged yourself for taking it personal, if you've ever judged yourself for making an assumption. It, it, and it, when we give ourselves the punishment at that moment, and we for, we're punishing ourselves because we should have lived up to this expectation, we should have been living this, but that's the result of domestication, suffering, pain, mm. the resentment, and more importantly, the fact that we no longer trust our own capacity to make a choice that we have someone else think for us. This is, you can say, that the corruption of the four agreements turns into the four conditions of our personal freedom. You know, something that I've experienced in my life some, sometimes that, because we're so attached to domestication, we're so attached to conditional love that we will corrupt not only the four agreements, but we can corrupt Deepak Chopra, we can corrupt Wayne Dyer, we can corrupt the oh, Bible, yeah. Krishna, Buddha, Siddhartha, the Quran, psychology, psychiatry, AA. Yeah. Humanity has created so many beautiful traditions that allows us to let go of conditional love, but we're so attached to it that we corrupt every single one of them. Instead of being instruments for personal, for personal freedom, they become an instrument to impose and subjugate wills. So... To me, the mastery of self is the moment where I am able to let go of domestication, that I take complete control of my yes and my no, because that's what happens when we're domesticated. Our yes and our no becomes automatic. We make automatic choices. I say yes when I want to say no, and I say no when I want to say yes, not because I want to, but because there's a condition that has subjugated my will to such degree that I'm no longer living my life freely which means I'm not creating my own art. I'm creating the art that someone else told me I have to live. Oh, yeah. So for- oh, you are right on target here. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. It's like it's the question of am I going to create the work of art that comes from my heart and mind or am I going to create the work of art that someone who's in- tried to impose their will upon me to create their life? And the telltale sign that we're doing that is judgment. We judge ourselves. We we judge others. You know, I, I can give the book, the four agreements, to my wife and says, "Honey, you're Mrs. Domingo Reese Jr. You better read that book, honey. You, didn't you read the book? You're taking it personal, honey. You're making an assumption. I only hang out with people who are impeccable with their own word." Hmm. And that, that, these these are telltale signs that, we, like, if we if we have domestication for ourselves, then whenever we judge someone, we're punishing them for agreements they never made, but we're forcing them to make the agreements through the punishment, which is the judgment. So at that point, you know, it's no longer an instrument of transformation. It becomes an instrument of imposing. But to detach from that subjugation, to detach from that conditional love, allows us not only to free our will, but allows us to once again uh, redeem the the knowledge that was distorted by our own by our own conditional love and we allow it to be once again that information that knowledge that tradition that allows us to live life with complete and total freedom 
Mm. Now, you say that the opposite of love is love. Now, can you explain that? What What does that mean? Oh, sure. The opposite... Uh, Hate and anger are not the opposite of love. Hate and anger, for example, are just the instruments that we use to, dom to domesticate someone else. We mm. use that as the punishment. But, the, but, uh, but they're only there to implement the real opposite of love, which is love. Ima imagine love, real love, is this beautiful expression of life, and there's a mirror in front of it, and there's a reflection of that love. And that reflection, there's a distortion, there's a corruption. And here's the thing, we think that the reflection is the truth. And we don't, we don't even realize that that reflection is reflecting what love really is. So you can simply say it, the opposite of unconditional love is conditional love. Because, ah. because they're both the expression of love, but one is as free as life is, and the other one has all these conditions by which you live up to it, but they're all elusive carrots. We, and the thing about it is that that's the one we believe to be true and we take action and that's why love can be so painful. But the thing about love is that it's that energy that brings a bond between people, but a bond within myself. You see, just as my, I am not this body, I am that, that force, that energy, that intent, that spirit that gives this body life, that, that gives this mind life, that the same energy I use to move my arms, to move my legs, is the same energy I use to create a thought. Well, my love is alive because I'm alive. If I wasn't around, my love would not exist, which means I get to experience my love because I am alive. Mm. And if I put conditions on it, then I'm already denying myself what has always been with me, love. And I, I can only experience it in fleeting moments, only in certain conditions or expectations. But the thing about that is that when I believe those conditional love, when I believe that distortion of love, I don't see life as is. I only see what I want to see. I don't even get to see who I am as a reality. I don't even get to see my wife, my kids, my father, my, my, my mother. I only see what I want to see. But unconditional love, the gift of it, is the willingness to see life as is, without the distortion, without a filter. It's like, it's like taking away, the, take out the symbol of mother, and you see the woman that is my mother, Maria. Take away the symbol of father, and I see the man that is Miguel. And the same with my wife, Susan, and my kids, Alejandro and Audrey. I see them as the living beings that they are. Instead of imposing and projecting an image onto them, like Don Quixote projects an image of a giant onto a windmill or of Dulcinea to a young, to a young woman, I accept the truth and I, I will see those windmills and I will see that young lady, which because if I see the windmills, then my name is Alonso Quijano. But if I see the giant, then my name is Don Quixote de la Mancha. Mm. The distortion. So when I say love is the, the opposite of love is love, is that I'm aware that there is a distortion in the way I perceive love, and it's a reflection of what real love is. It's just an illusion. So if I let go of the illusion and I accept love as this experience 
not a definition, then I'll see that my love has been with me from the moment I am born. And it's expressed through my breath. It's expressed through this heart that beats. And it's express, expressed in the bond I have, not only with the people in my life, but in that communion within myself. Because I am the constant in every relationship I am in. Wow, that is so good. And that is really how we achieve our personal freedom, right? Yes. We can't, we can't be free until we can acknowledge that love is the opposite of love. Yeah, and you can say it's that, it's that moment where one, we, we, we have the aha moment that allows us to become aware that we've done this all our life. And to me, the best way to let go of the illusion is to accept the truth when it's presented before us which is to forgive ourselves for ever loving ourselves conditionally. Mm. That's the way we let go of conditional love, for, to forgive ourselves. Just like Christ said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. Mm -hmm. That's my most favorite lesson of Christ because in that moment, Christ is at the, at the threshold of all that thing that's happening. He forgives them, but now he's asking God to forgive. Imagine that, to forgive before God does. Oh. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. Me, that's the most strongest lesson. And so to me, I'm aware that I love myself conditionally and I wasn't aware that I was doing it. But now that I'm aware that I was and I've chosen to let go of it, I forgive myself forever loving myself conditionally. And I will forgive others for loving me for conditionally as well. But what I'm really asking is I'm going to ask that for their forgiveness because I've used them as an instrument to love myself conditionally as well. I believe what they said. I believe their conditional love, and I allowed it to impact me. It's like Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make me feel inferior without my permission. Mm, that is so true. Wow. That's a powerful statement right there. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, shape shifter in your book. What? How did you come into the shapeshifter i want to know more oh, of course well in the total tradition and, and a lot of the uh, the the culture and around latin america and you can say throughout the americas there's the image of the shapeshifter the shapeshifter is basically a man or woman that turns into an animal but it's just it's just a story of course it's just a, it's, just, it's just another analogy the thing is that when we domesticate ourselves we we model ourselves over something we use the model by which we domesticate ourselves. We can use, say, we, we use our identity to domesticate ourselves. And that is a, um, a mask. In our tradition, it's what mm. we call the mask, which is basically the expression of knowledge. We put into words and symbols a definition of who we think we are, and we put it into that symbol that is identity. And we put on the mask. Well, there's a moment when we stop domesticating ourselves in the way we just talked about mm -hmm. we stop the domestication and then we become aware that we still have this mask and to a lot of people this is where spirituality comes in or something but it's the moment where we decide we become aware that our mask is only there because we keep saying yes to it if we cease if we cease to say yes to it it'll cease to exist which means our mask is just an illusion just like knowledge is just an illusion. The thing about knowledge is that it's completely subject to agreement. 
the definitions are always changing. So it's the moment I take off the mask. Uh... When I take off the mask, all that is left is the living being that is me. And energy doesn't have a form. This body has a form, but my mind and the energy that animates both doesn't have a form. It's, it's formless. I am a living being that can go in any direction in life. So when I take off that mask, I basically let go of the definition of me and I begin to see myself as the experience of me. Mm. To know myself is to simply experience life through me. That's it. Now, where shapeshift comes is that everyone will see me in their own unique way. There are 7 billion people in the world and every single one of them will project an image onto me. And from, from a very flighty thing to the color of my skin, to the color of my accent, to the, if they get to know me more, that they'll know Miguel, the student, Miguel, the, the, the husband, Miguel, the son, Miguel, the father, Miguel, the college friend, Miguel, the, the, the author, Miguel, well, infinite. And everyone's projecting a mask onto me. And here's the thing. Like I said before, I only control to the tips of my own fingers. I don't control beyond it. It is the moment where I become aware of the truth that people will project an image onto me. And I have no control of that. But what I do control is whether I believe that projected mask or not. Meaning by that, do I put it on and am I going to be attempted to domesticate myself with that projected mask? Mm. So I become a shapeshifter because everyone will see me in their own unique way and i respect them but i also respect myself there was just recently there was a video that someone posted an experiment of a photo photo experiments i'm not i'm not sure if anyone has seen it on facebook but uh there's a picture uh, there's an, a video of a man that they they have five or six photo photographers take a portrait of them and Every, all six of them they were told six different stories and all six of them when they begin to interact with him they treat him according to that mask that they gave they were given to him about him so when they take the portraits they all take a picture of what they think this man is from a, a fisherman to an uh, an, in, an an old inmate um, a, a father a, a cancer survivor those kind of things. Mm -hmm. So when they come together to look at the portraits, everyone painted him in a totally different picture. When he came out and says, you know, I'm none of those things. I'm just this person. It's, it was just this ex expression of that perception of an individual is completely held in the eye of the beholder. And and it's that, that, it's that eye of the beholder where people will see me in their own unique way, who I am. And they'll project it onto me. So that's where the shapeshifter comes in. I am aware constantly that people are projecting who they think I am onto me, and my temptation will be to believe it. And the mastery of being self is to have the respect to that's who they are. I don't need to fight them. I don't need to clarify them. That's who they are. If they want to see me, they will take the time and listen to me and interact with me and give me the benefit of the doubt. If they don't want to see me, then they're gonna miscrew, mis, 
distort whatever I, I say, be screwed, yeah, thank you. And, and basically use whatever element to support their belief of me. So is that how you break the cycle of being uh, automatic? Mm -hmm. It's part of that cycle, yes, because you are aware that you're engaging. Now, the beautiful thing is that sometimes people will see you as you are. For example, you, you go to a retreat or you go work with your therapist and you have a breakthrough and you have a total different perception of life. Then you run into someone from, say, your high school sweetheart or a friend from college. And if they're still attached to that version of yourself that they knew back in the day and they start talking to you, they either have the choice of to continue to believe that, that you are still that same person you were back then or they will give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm. But we don't control that perception. We, we control how we live in life so i'm aware that that exists and my discipline is to respect myself to such a degree not to be tempted to domesticate and use their words to domesticate myself once again to restart that whole pro program once again to stay you can say in my in my discipline it's like there's a there was a conversation i saw once and a few years ago on television between two addicts uh, that they were the result of two different plans one the the 12 step plan the other a different a different uh, forma formula or a system mm -hmm. and in that conversation they talk about their sobriety and then they start arguing with one each other which one is better and they got they for completely forget what they were there for and in order to be right they were willing to sacrifice the sobriety of the other mm. and you can see this one gentleman in tears in tears holding on to what has helped him and you see this woman that was so attached to the needing to be right that she was just as aggressive to make him admit that her system was the right way and that his system is flawed because of whatever element and it it's a very dangerous thing uh -huh. the thing of the, the thing the reason why i use this image is because when we work in our own personal journey we will constantly be facing people who come with that intent to impose will or to be subjugated by us or to impose a will onto us and it is part of our self-respect to one know that i only res i'm responsible to the tips of my fingers that no one can make me feel inferior without my permission i will listen of course because that's what being a skeptic is to withhold my yes, to withhold my no, and learn to listen. And after what I listen, then I'll say yes, or then I'll say no. But the key is, like you said, to stop the automatic reaction, mm -hmm. to stop the automatic way that we've learned to interact with someone, which is who is going to impose and who is going to be subjugated instead of being this moment where we're able to engage each other as equals, that we engage each other without mutual respect. I can't give that respect until I learn how to respect myself. And that's where that shape shifter comes in. I have a choice. 
I have a choice to respect this authentic self that is me and my choice or to be subjugated by someone else's prejudice over me. Wow. That is so good. Uh, really. And this is what the Mastery of Self, a Toltec Guide to Freedom is all about. Yep. There's a reality in my life is that I say my word and I'm both right and I'm wrong at the same time. Depending on the person who perceives it, the people who agree with me will say, yes, you're right. And the people who disagree with me will say, no, you're wrong. And that's perfect. That is beautiful because, like I said before, I only control to the tips of my own fingers. I do not control beyond it, which means how someone perceives is their own freedom that yes. we celebrate. So And their own responsibility. Yeah. I'm responsible for my own actions. I'm I'm responsible for the integrity and clarity of what I say. Wow. And that's the beauty to to become aware of at what we say yes and what we say no to, how do we express our own will, how we express the willingness to listen. Because that's the thing that allows us to create harmony within one another. The mm. ability to listen and from listening, we can actually solve so many problems. Because when we're so attached to our belief, we won't listen to anyone else. We're, we only want to hear what we want to hear. But when we detach just enough to be able to listen to how someone else's dreams, and we're able to share how we dream, then somewhere in the middle, we will create that harmony that allows us to live with that mutual respect. I love that. That is, boy, is that exactly what I need to hear in this time in history. Uh, that is so important to grasp. Tell everyone how we can get a copy of The Master of Self, A Toltec Guide to Freedom. Sure. Uh, you can well, you can find it in your local bookstore. You know, independent bookstores or Barnes and Noble, or whatever you can find a book nowadays, and <laughs> uh, and Amazon and things like that. But you know, you can find us and our on our home base, which is our website, miguelruizjr.com, Jr. and uh, or my father's website, miguelruiz.com. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I told my my little girl once. You know, if, if something were to happen and you don't have me or you don't have my your, uh, my, your grandpa to go to a, a library and look at the book and you'll 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 be able to connect with us. Mm. It's a it's you know, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. You know, we, we, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share my family tradition in this time and age. And it's, it's a gift. And I, I, I am fully aware of that that someone has given me the opportunity to share, be it with your show, thank you, or someone re picking up a book. I am going to say right now, thank you, because again, this is exactly the kind of information that we all need to uh, grasp our own responsibility to in our lives and that of others. I think it's great. Thank you so much for joining me oh, today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your program, Jules.
Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.